Hello and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers, the podcast where you listen to a bunch of people drink, talk about a movie, and today, oh boy, it's a special little movie. We've waited a little while to let this uh, let this little guy uh, creep on in there into our psyches, and uh, it's been out for a little bit now, and uh, this is continuing some other great little uh, mini-sodes that we've had within the Overdrinkers uh, universe, where we're talking, we're talking that Star War once again. So, and I am joined again, as usual, by the lovely, talented, insanely just overall easy to fall in love with in keep every go- way. Keep going. <laughs> I'll end it right there because I'm blushing already. Okay. Jeremy Kalajewski. What's up? And and I'm also joined by his very good friend, equally attractive and charming, Brian Castellano. That's me. Hello. That's him. Wearing a really good shirt today, too. Yes, thank it's, you. It's uh, Albert Einstein, and he's got a pipe. And coming out of the pipe, I, I want to say that that's uh, ingenuity manifest, but it, it's like an explosion kind of like of... I'd say it's ingenuity. I'll have what he's having. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, today on Overdrinkers, as always, we are partaking of a themed beverage. And today, uh, because we're doing The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, it's no longer blue milk. We are drinking green milk, just as seen drunk by Luke Skywalker from the very teat of the... What are those creatures called? Follow Siren. That's why we got him here. Cheers to you guys. Mm. We're, we're drinking it a lot more... Um... A lot more a classy fashion than Luke did. We're not squirting it straight out of the space cow. And I should. I probably should have gotten like some squirt bottles, <laughs> like some Poland Spring squirt bottles. <laughs> oh God! Better yet, just buy the whole cow, bring it here. We'll just like milk it right in front of you. And now, so you guys were saying that you. Uh, so we, to lay the groundwork here, mm-hmm. so we can just kind of jump into it. Uh, we've done some other Star Wars episodes on here before. We did. Uh, we've done Attack of the Clones and Empire Strikes Back. The love stories in there, lack thereof. We did a New Hope for its 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, the. Phantom Menace. We did yeah. an episode one and plus the special editions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think that's about all we've really done so far. We did the Force Awakens too, right? And we did the Force Awakens. You're right. Yeah. Before the Last Jedi came out, absolutely. So we've done those before. Uh, now we're doing the Last Jedi, and how we set the stage for this one was today. You guys came on over to my place where we're recording. We watched the Last Jedi, which was recently just released on Blu-ray. We wanted to be able to watch it again one more time before we sat down to talk about it. The four-month anniversary. The four-month anniversary of it. And we sat down, watched it, ate ourselves some delicious sandwiches, and uh, just finished watching it. Uh-huh. So it's all are. fresh in Like 15 our minutes ago. So, yeah. And here we are to talk to you about why this movie has absolutely destroyed everything that Star Wars ever meant and stood for. All uh-huh. in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a you, you either you either get it or you don't, all right? You 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 fucking dweebs that it it completely broke everything. It Going broke right all rules. It. it fucking it's stupid. There's no sounds in space. Luke Skywalker's supposed to be a hero and I'm a fucking moron. Well said. Yeah, well. No, I, I got to say, I'm glad that we waited so long to be able to do it because my seething uh, distrust and like almost hatred of people who attack this movie blindly 
has kind of subsided. And even the people that attack it blindly, they've kind of been pushed to the back now where they, they're a little bit quieter and they just kind of like, it's almost become like an ironic joke to make fun of The Last Jedi at this point. Or they moved on like adults. Yeah, like yeah. adults, yeah. Or people are just like, yeah, you know, like the movie didn't, suck like I thought it did at first I was just kind of let down but now that I look at it and I can go like oh okay I was talking to a person um a couple months ago at at this at we were at an uh, event together and uh, I was talking to this person we were talking about the last Jedi and what he said was actually quite interesting was that he he said he did not like the last Jedi at the time but the reason he put it was actually like very interesting. It was just he he was going through a lot, and uh, he was going to see Star Wars to like as in, like an escapism, as like, Ooh, a, like that's not what this was. But yeah. that's but that's that's the thing because this wasn't as much a, of a romp as like Force Awakens was. It's Absolutely, a lot, yeah. there's a lot more to it that that it it he reacted to it in like. Like it wasn't what he expected, and and because of that, it wasn't really what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people went through, but they didn't realize they went through. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, it's very much like a it's not a taste thing, and that's why we were talking about before. Like some of the problems that people have with the movie that I've talked to them, uh, it's most of the people that I know that did not like the movie when it first came out have have at the very least come around to the fact they're like. It's just not what I wanted. Yeah. And they don't say, like, it sucks because they're rational adults. And they go, like, well, it do- obviously it doesn't suck because it's dealing with – it's trying – it's dealing with ideas and legacy and it's doing these things. So it's not, like, stupid. It's just, like, maybe that's just not what you wanted out of your Star War. Mm-hmm. And even, like – and even some people have grown to be, like, now I bought it on Blu-ray. I own it. Like, I really like the movie. It's just when I first went in, my expectations – it's not that they were high or low. They were Star Wars expectations. I had little – a little make-believe checklist in my head that – lightsaber check force check yoda check like you got all these things that you want checked off your star war and this movie wasn't checking all of them off in the right way and it made you uncomfortable you're just kind of like but i think most people have kind of come around to the fact that like it's not necessarily a bad movie it just might not be what you want in a star wars movie yeah and that's what that's what that person was Was come was like coming to terms with. That's unfortunate well. because this is all I wanted in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And that being said, <laughs> I think we're all on the same page here. This movie's fucking great. Yeah. I mean, I love a fucking movie. I mean, that's it's just the movie is a. When you think, oh, we're gonna get a Ryan Johnson Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. This is what was like kind of in my head. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, he's gonna do something with like a little bit of like some pathos and some. He's gonna really put the space opera back in. Star Wars. And I think that, you know, like the whole red room scene in this movie, you can't get more space opera than that. I know it's hearkening back to Return of the Jedi and everything, but it's like, that's the best version of like a space opera like finale that you can have. Mm -hmm. He takes a lot of um, artful directions Mm -hmm. with a lot of the uh, with with the visuals and the cinematography and just like the blocking of of everyone and the colors that he used, especially his his consistent use of red. Yeah, that's definitely it, the you know a, like the Star Wars logo is in red too, and all the right. marketing and instead of the the usual gold or yellow, it's it's mm-hmm. a lot more visually striking than than what I'm usually used to in a Star Wars movie. Like uh, the like the originals have some pretty cool shots. Like like it 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 does look nice, but you know 
there's like there's like paintings yeah like quality stuff in in the last jedi and a lot of a lot of that is due to um so so recently um Brian and I watched the uh, documentary "The Director and the Jedi," hmm. which is on the uh, which is a Blu-ray special feature. It's a feature-length documentary about the making of the Last Jedi, and it and it focuses and follows Ryan Johnson, and Ryan Johnson like goes through what his intentions were with a lot of scenes, and it really breaks down each each like not not every scene, but a lot of like the major scenes and how yeah. they came together, and just like. The amount of detail and the amount of practical things that were in this movie, like I didn't even realize how much of the stuff they built in this movie was practical. Mm-hmm. Like I, I guess I just wasn't giving it enough credit and thought there was a lot of CG, but no, there was a lot of built sets. There was a lot of practical work. There was just, just so much artistry. It's, it's, re- it's, it's really like I really recommend watching that documentary to anyone that's listening to it. Yeah, it's, same here. It was, def- it was very entertaining. It's it's entertaining and it's um, it's one of the better behind the scenes special features that that I've seen from a DVD. Yeah, and much better than the Phantom Menace uh, making of. Oh god! Or after the first fil- screening of the movie, they were like, "Oh, I might have went too far in a few places." <laughs> what a great thing to say after watching that movie. Uh, you know, maybe I didn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, like so, the Last Jedi, the build up. We were hyped on the movie. We recorded our Force Awakens episode where we were kind of defending the Force Awakens and saying, like, well, look, like, this is what the movie's trying to do and they're trying to do this. And we've said it before on The Last Jedi. Like, it's really funny listening to that Force Awakens podcast because we're so, like, positive on The Last Jedi. Like, we had no idea that this, like, divisive thing was about to happen. No. no. It's like you listen to Jack and Robbie's uh, hot take episode on The Last Jedi where they went and saw opening night. And before any articles or anything had been released on it, they just went back to their house and recorded two hours of talking about it. And they're just like, this is great. We got an amazing Star Wars movie. This is great. It's going to change the world. Everybody's going to like this movie. There's nothing to not like about it. Like they're talking mm-hmm. and it's just like the next day. Mm-hmm. It was just all hell broke loose. All hell broke loose. And it's, it's like crazy. the light side and the dark side. The balance is... Is Absolutely. shown in this movie. Yep. Some people are Ray and some people are Kylo Ren, uh, <laughs> and they're not. Not neither of them are necessarily wrong. It's just some of them are kind of being uh, dicks about it. Uh, and sometimes Ray is a dick in this movie, and sometimes Kylo Ren is a dick in this movie. And I like that. the The hero of the movie, Luke Skywalker, is a dick, and that makes sense because when he was younger, he was. Uh, I've said this. He's a he's a whiny little bitch in A New Hope and an Empire. He's still like kind of whiny. And in Return of the Jedi, he's more like emo whiny. Like, he's got it reserved on hold a little bit, but he's still whiny. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it makes sense that a whiny person would eventually become a dick later. Because they're just like, they're just like, I've been whining and getting what I want my whole fucking life. So now I'm a dick. He's a dick. But it's it's not, I'm making a joke. It's not as simple as that. Yeah, but this It's is not like, that he's a dickhead. Yeah, he's not a dickhead. He's <laughs> just, just more kind of like grumpy at yeah. this point. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's going nuts. He's disillusioned. Yes. Yeah. He's, 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 he doesn't like what the Jedi are saying. And I think that's, I, when I heard this movie was coming out, I was, uh, like Ryan Johnson was writing it. I expected like many people to like jump on board and be like very happy about it. Especially when the movie came out, I was like, oh, I'm expecting a lot of people to like this movie. And then after I saw it, like I talked with some of my friends and a lot of them were like, oh, it's like an Empire Strikes Back clone. And I was just like, 
very put off guard and there was like other weird things that people were talking about like mm-hmm. there's no sound in space like why was leia doing the mary poppins thing we've talked and about this too like, where it's like yeah, first off uh, it's not a science fiction film it's a fantasy yeah, yeah. there is literal magic in yeah. the movie 100 so sh- stop it with the gravity and the sound thing you c- cry out like you could like those complaints you could have complained about any other Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's like I don't Any I don't like one. the way Arnold Schwarzenegger looks in burgundy dark red, so I don't like Last Action Hero. It's just <laughs> as valid in his opinion as what you're fucking saying. It's just as valid. It makes no difference. Shut up. For the record, Schwarzenegger looks great. He does look great and right. I'm saying last, your opinion can be wrong. What? But it's your opinion, so it's like I'm going to respect it, but I don't have to tell you that it's right. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh yeah, the sound thing. I mean, we've while we were watching it today. I mean, this is the third time I'd seen it. Jeremy, you said you'd seen it once in theaters before. This was the first time I've watched it since I saw it opening night. Opening in night in the theater. theater. What about you, Brian? Did you catch it more than once in the? This is my third. This time. is your third as well. Yeah. So I, I was very familiar with it. I think one of the first things I said was like we noticed that we didn't really have to read the. The opening, the opening crawl because yeah. we're just, just like oh, it's just if you're familiar Awakens. with the Force Awakens, yeah. like that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one just gets kicked off right away, and there's the needle drop, so to speak, of the first joke of the movie, mm-hmm. which is a joke that in caught the, many people off in the broader scope. It's not that big of a stretch than some of the jokes they've done before. It's literally Han Solo does it in the first one. Mm-hmm. He cranks a dude and pretends to be somebody else over the intercom just to try and buy time. It's literally from another Star Wars movie, what they're doing. And it's it's Poe, like, you know, like, oh, just come on hold and wait, waiting, telemarketing, telemarketing, like phone pranking him. And it's not that big of a stretch. I think it's just like the way that it's played and everything looks so sleek and shiny because it's a new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I think it like it pushed people the wrong way. Hey, it's, it's and a- all of a sudden they're they're not looking at it with wide eyed excitement. Now they're kind of like side-eyeing it a little bit they're like wait what's going on here yeah and then it makes all the other things like gravity start to like make sense when it or be important when it shouldn't be because they're really starting to like pay attention to these little tiny things that don't really matter mm-hmm. it's like it's levity they're, they're just trying to they're trying to make you laugh it's a star wars movie there's kids in the, there's kids mm-hmm. union disputes. i would have th- i would have thought it would be so much worse if like ryan johnson made like the most brooding Star Wars movie ever, where yeah. it's just like super dark all the time, barely any jokes, and yeah. it's all Rogue One. Just feels well. Rogue One had a lot of laughs in it, though. Yeah, with uh, with uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, robot. yeah. I, I guess. What I was Alan Tudyk Robot's name? K two S O. Yeah, K two S O. K two S O. Yeah. Wow, I remembered that. Nice. It's a good, I'm impressed it's good, with it's a good character. He was he was a memorable <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. But uh, who else was in Rogue One? I was about to say Ray. <laughs> Not Ray. Jin, Jin Urso. Jin Urso. And Fabio Costello. What was that? Fabio Costello. What's that dude's name? Uh, Diego Luna's character? Yeah. Carlos Calrissian, we referred to him as in the first episode of Story Screen. <laughs> Carlos Calrissian. Couldn't remember his fucking name. Uh, uh, it's something like, uh, he's got like a name like Calrissian. Like his oh, um, it man. Oh. Ip Man? No, Ip- that's a different character. No, Ip Man is another character in there, yeah. Rogue yeah, one. I was named... Is this about to become our Rogue One episode? No, <laughs> no. No. 
No, definitely not. I'm sorry I brought up Rogue One. Remember <laughs> when they kiss at the end? Did they? No. I don't fucking know. No, they hug. I can't remember anything about that movie. No. They hug at the end. You know, I remember a lot of The Last Jedi. Because, like, even though this is only my second time watching it, I, I feel like I remember... Like, I feel like this isn't my second time watching it. That's probably because... I've discussed it with so many people so yeah. many times That's how I feel in, too. in these mm-hmm. past few months. It's got a real instant classic feel to it, too. You watch it and you're like, I feel like this is a movie that I've been growing up with. Mm-hmm. A little bit, And that's yeah. like, that's really neat. Like, that's what Star Wars should do. That's that's the Star Wars feeling that I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that transports me to that galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean? want it to take me there. And this is a movie that did that. The Force Awakens, also to its credit, does do that. I told you I recently rewatched it on... Uh, this past Thanksgiving, I threw it on like that was the movie. I usually watch Empire Strikes Back or Serenity or Blade Runner, some kind of space future movie while we're cooking for Thanksgiving. <gasps> Excuse me. And um, this year, I finally had The Force Awakens on DVD, so I tossed it in there. And that's like a movie that's only been out for a couple years now, and you're just like, I know this movie like a like a friend. Yeah. Whether or not you get along with that friend is totally up to you. Mm-hmm. I because see. the friend's not changing. The friend's doing the same thing to everybody else. Yeah. It's not that he likes you more than he likes somebody else or vice versa. It's all about how you approach handling the friend. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be the dick? Or are you going to be buddy-buddy with the, mo- with, the, with the friends, with the movie? It's all, it's all about cuddle- allegories over here. You're either you're going to hate it or you're going to cuddle up with the Rathars. Yep. <laughs> cuddle up with the Rathars. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like the movie. I didn't eat. I but I do not cuddle up with the Rathars. <laughs> no, I want to go to Canto Bite. Canto Bite looks great. Doesn't that look like a fucking fun time? It looks like a great time. It looks. Everybody's having so much fun there. That was one of the things they focused on in that um, that documentary. They built this enormous set that took months to complete, and countless extras, and countless extras with costumes. all the all these yeah all these crazy makeup. And costumes, and there's this great shot of Ryan Johnson looking around the half-finished uh, <laughs> casino, like, oh boy, yeah. he looks very overwhelmed. <laughs> I bet. You were saying too that there was a really good uh, when they were messing around with like the crystal foxes mm-hmm. that they like got a dog and like attached crystals yeah. to a dog. I guess and had they it wanted that around. they wanted the, the the dogs to be practical at first, but they no, but they but they saw was. the dog running around with the crystals, and Ryan Johnson was like. I don't, th- I, don't think that, I don't think that's what it was at all. I think they were just uh, test shooting the dog just sure. so the CGI artists could get like the motions of like, uh, yeah. like an animal. Oh, is yeah. that it? Yeah. I really like I the idea of Ryan Johnson like testing it out and just being like, mm. no, there's no way they're going to put a dog in Star Wars. I was going to say, are they going to put like a dog in Star Wars covered in crystals, but they're going to have to do that like to like 80 of them. <laughs> and so he's just like, we're going to have to get these fucking dogs and glue crystals to them. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing about that seems right. Doesn't seem very Disney. They made the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think all the creature work in this movie is uh, pretty neat. I've Um, I've grown on the Porgs, for sure. Oh, God. Yeah. Porgs for life. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I I like the Porgs. I think think their sound is a little annoying, but then again, birds are annoying. Birds are annoying? Yeah. I mean, the Wookiee sound, I think, would be annoying to somebody who's not used to it. Yeah. Be like, he's just screaming. <laughs> why do I, what? He's so, just, yeah. he's like a bear, what? That's what's why so mo- cool about that's that? That's why my mother can't watch Star Wars, because she's just like, what's with the Wookiee? Like, he just like yells and doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't get it. Yeah, she doesn't get it. <laughs> that's it. I mean, and I really feel like that's what this entire, uh, 
that's what like the conversation around Star Wars and even like the prequels. Like you see some people, some people are like, yo, the prequels, there's like things about them that I like. And they're allowed to do that because there, there are things about the prequels that I like. Oh, yeah. Lightsaber fight's pretty fucking cool. There's, um, there's countless things you can talk about. The love story in it is uh, like very well done, realistic. <laughs> what? Definitely written by a human being who understands how people fall in love. Where yeah, am I? That's been married yeah. twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where am I? Yep. It's. Uh, I slipped into the Twilight Zone. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's. Uh, it, Star Wars is very like. Uh, it's all on taste. It's all on what you want out of it. And. It's not to harp, harp on it too much because I really want to talk about just like why the movie works and it is good, but it really is just like uh, that 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 very old uh, saying of you 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 get what you bring to the table essentially. Like mm-hmm. you you got to meet the movie on its own terms and understand where it's coming from, and you can you don't have to, but you also shouldn't be upset if you don't like something afterwards. Like if you're like you're not willing to like. Ryan Johnson spent a very long time making this movie and they spent a lot of money doing it. The least you could do is just like watch and be like, all right, so what's he trying to do here? Mm-hmm. Because I doubt it's like, oh, I'm just trying to, I mean, that's what's so weird is he is really just kind of trying to upend Star Wars and everything that it's been for a while to try and push it forward. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I think some people saw it as like an attack on like the like franchise. Your fr- like your friend who's just like, I go to Star Wars because I want my Star Wars to be this kind of ju- like Escapist. galactic romp, which, you know, which to that I say like um, the, the Empire Strikes Back is not a romp. That's no. a very sad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get where he's coming from. And this one, The Last Jedi, is even darker in tone than The Last Jedi. I mean, oh, than uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Last Jedi is all about like failure and losing and mm-hmm. dying and sad and killing your dad finding your place in the world finding your place in the world and realizing that it just might actually like you're not special mm-hmm. and it's it's a very sad sad movie and i think that it's you need again those like kind of like uh, comic beats to come up however out of place they might seem in star wars watching it this time i was looking at all of the comic beats there's nothing in there that hasn't been in a previous star wars movie especially even in the original no, trilogy this movie absolutely feels like a star wars yeah. movie like through and through but it goes the extra mile and you know handles those themes of, yeah of gives you some and, real depth and i think it makes it all the more compelling yes and it makes it all the more interesting and there's you know there's always something more to unpack with each viewing mm-hmm in my opinion. I mean, that's that's those are like monikers of a good movie. Yeah. You know, it's it's fun to just watch it. It's exciting. It sounds cool. It looks cool. It's entertaining. And then also at the same time, there's like at its core, there's an idea that they're dealing with. They're dealing with multiple ideas and you get to consider them every time you watch the movie and you can consider a different one multiple times when you watch because they really are like we were talking about Kylo Ren and Rey and how like they both kind of want the same thing. They want to move forward, they want to find their place in the galaxy and what what part they play in this Skywalker story in like in this legacy. And that ending where it's like, "All right, well, I'm going to Kylo Ren is like, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to uh like the Empire and the Jedi are fucking stupid, so I'm going to I'm going to do I'm in charge of the First Order now and we're going to start from scratch and we're going to rule." Mm-hmm. Whereas Ray, it's kind of like the classic Empire Strikes Back, like uh, quote, join me, join me, and together we'll rule the galaxy. It's that kind of thing, 
And whereas Ray is like, no, I don't, that's, that's not what I meant, but uh, no. So, and it's kind of like, both of them are wrong and both of them are right. And the actual truth of like, probably the best way to go about it is like somewhere in the middle, which is what they're dealing with a lot throughout the movie with like Mm -hmm. uh, cold and uh, warmth and life and death and uh, peace and violence. It's somewhere in the middle where the force is, you know, same thing with Luke Skywalker. Like, no, he shouldn't fucking kill uh, Ben Solo because he feels worried about this. But he also shouldn't just hide away and not do anything. He needs to confront it in some way to try and to try and help. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if when watching the movie, they're asking you to consider these things (laughs) and showing you it's very easy to go all the way dark and it's very easy to go all the way light but maybe the best place you should be is somewhere in the middle understanding both the dark's opinions and the light's opinions and then forming your own nice gray perfect opinion i'm doing a lot of hand gestures right now <laughs> you are and jeremy is watching them very I, intently I, I completely agree with everything you're yeah. saying right now because... i think I, it's a it's a very special little movie and the fact that it's a star wars movie too makes it even that much cooler you know this he could have dealt with these ideas in another science fiction movie, like a la Looper or something like that. But mm-hmm. to have Star Wars attached to it and to have Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, General Leia, and like all the new characters that we were introduced to in The Force Awakens, to have them be the ones that are, you know, acting on the metaphors to tell us what this, what these ideas are, it's fucking cool. And it's, and it's crazy that Disney would take such a risk with that much money. Hey, we're going to... Get this director who's only directed a few movies, none of them on this scale. We're going to have him both write and direct the movie. And we're going to basically let him like, let him like do what he wants. And he can handle what J.J. Abrams set up with his mystery box all on his own. And he can, he can do what he wants. And like, that's crazy for a studio to do that because especially it's crazy for Disney because they're doing like the exact opposite with the Star Wars stories, which is so mm-hmm. strange. Like they, they they have a lot of cooks in the kitchen in the Star Wars movies, but it's the episodes themselves where they're a lot more freeform creatively. And you'd think it would be swapped. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think that they'd want to like, well, we're only making three more Skywalker movies, so let's make sure we get this right and close it out good. That's the legacy. We can fuck around with these things where it actually kind of seems like they're holding way more of a tight noose around Rogue One and Solo than they ever have Episode 7 and 8. You're mm-hmm. totally right. I haven't even considered that it's completely flipped what they're doing. Yeah. And, you and know, it's, it's not it's, like it's, Ryan John Like, J.J. Abrams is J.J. Abrams. Fuck sure. yeah. But, like, Colin uh, Trevorrow and uh, Ryan Johnson, they're no more important than Gareth Edwards or, like, Chris Miller and uh, Phil Lord. Lord. Like, they're probably even keel. We've known about Ryan Johnson probably longer than any of those guys, but that's because, like, we're, like, little movie nerds and we we heard about Brick when it came out. But I'd say that they're pretty much on the same level. J.J. Abrams, obviously, is, like, he's the new Spielbergian kind of thing. But, like, yeah, they just let, they let Ryan Johnson do whatever the fuck he wanted in this. Mm-hmm. And they've said openly that they're not going to allow, they're not going to let, like, the negative reactions to the last jedi uh, impact his like trilogy of movies that he's doing on his own like they're still giving him complete reign to do whatever he wants Mm -hmm. i'm I'm sure when he makes those movies he's gonna take you know all those things to heart Mm because he he loves the fandom uh as much as he 
you know, is hated by some of them. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a he's he, a class act with he, it too. He he really doesn't. He if you don't like if you don't like his movie, he's like, he's not he's not mad about it. But he wants everyone to like try to get something out of his movies. Yeah, he's, he's very always active on social. media. He definitely yeah. in, it pushes the conversation. He wants to engage. Like I think, I mean, I think that's what he really wanted to do with the movie was create something that a Star Wars movie that you could talk about. You know, we've said before and we've heard you've heard people throw it around. It's like it's the first Star Wars movie that feels like a film, you know, like in a long time. Like what I feel like when people say it's the best one since Empire, which is what they say when every movie. Said ever since Revenge of the Sith. You know, <laughs> like they keep saying, it's because Empire Strikes Back is like the last one that really felt like a film, like a new hope felt like an independent film in a lot of ways. And the Empire Strikes Back felt like a very dramatic, like it's like a space opera, like this kind of instant classic where you're like, what's going to happen? And it's dealing with like the, the, the ever going battle between light and darkness and, uh, and, and legacy and your father and blah, blah, blahs and loss. It deals with loss in the same way that the last Jedi does. And I feel like the last Jedi is a movie where it's like, I wouldn't call the force awakens. Like, you know what I mean? Like when I say a film, you yeah, know, like, I know exactly. What this you is mean. like by Ryan Johnson. It has like this autoristic vision. It has a vision, yeah. And it's and and he's dealing with these multiple ideas, and he, uh, the visual language is also helping to define those ideas, not just what the characters are saying and doing. It's it's more. It feels more like a creative piece of art than a product meant to sell. Mm-hmm. As Jeremy says as he caresses his chin. Mm-hmm. I do that yes, all the time. I know, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like it's a. It's a film. <laughs> As we caress our chin. As I caress yes. my chin and I adjust my glasses. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah, like a movie is maybe it's about this, and a film is perhaps. <laughs> it's about, you get what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Not that I'm saying that the movie is like the fucking seventh seal or anything. No, 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 no. And I think it's a very good. I think it's a very good meeting of the ideas of that we're dealing with with a film and a movie, where it's like it's got all the things that make a movie fun, exciting, entertaining, worthwhile, this. and then it's got all the things that make a film like, uh, like the ingenuity of it and the creativeness of it and the uniqueness of it and like the timelessness of it. I think it's. It's a really fucking good movie. Yeah, it and is. It confuses me like, so damn, much. I, I just get excited just, you know, yeah. talking about it. P- people like just this. get tripped up on a lot of things. Like, yeah. um, like Luke's character, um, uh, Poe's uh, subplot with Emeril Holdo, mm-hmm. and Finn's subplot with Rose. And a lot of people just didn't like Rose because they didn't feel like she was a character that belonged in Star Wars. And that's really funny because that's what Ryan Johnson exactly wanted with that character yeah. she, he wanted a character that was part of this galaxy that wasn't a hero that wasn't like another character in these stories that came that comes in and does what she can to like actually try to make a difference yeah she tries and to help she's a I think that's, person I think that's really great but a lot of people just like thought that you know they were just trying to push like an Asian demographic and stuff and I'm just like that's that's very prejudiced to think that yeah. way I mean I don't think they understand I don't think they understand that it's like Diversity is not a bad thing. Yeah. And actively attempting to help out with diversity and representation is never a bad thing. Pointing out that there's like a diversity agenda, it makes you seem a little racist. A little bit. Like, you can share. You can share. I'll tell you one thing. I bet you you haven't bumped into a single Asian person that is upset that Rose is in the movie. (laughs) 
And if you have, I mean, their shit's just probably not aligned anyway, so it's absolutely fine. I think she's fantastic. And I actually really like the actress that mm-hmm. plays her. Like her, very on, charismatic. her on social media is like, she's so much fun. She's like, I can't believe I'm in a fucking Star Wars movie. This is cool. Like, mm-hmm. she's just like as excited as any of us would be a to like be player. in a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. be a major player in there. And I think her character is really cool. I think her character is exactly what Finn's character needs to be able to get to where he's going in this movie. I know it's kind of a retread of what he did in The Force Awakens, but it's also like he didn't really learn any lessons in The Force Awakens. No. In he this, he out. learns some lessons, yeah. He got knocked out in the end of The Force Awakens. I mean, to be like, I'll be completely <laughs> honest, you know, if we want to like throw like negative things at The Force Awakens, I don't think that they intentionally did this, but... Now that we've seen the second chapter of these three, the in the first one, like he really is kind of a, um, a diversion to make us think like he's going to be the one with the lightsaber at the end, and and then it's a big reveal that Ray gets the lightsaber, and I think this gets forgotten that in the Force Awakens when it first started, they kept her with the lightsaber out of all marketing, everything, yes. and it only got revealed I think like a week before the movie came out because toys started dropping where she had the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. But they were also releasing Finn toys with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to trick everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I really think that Finn's whole character in the first one was really just meant to set up this idea that, oh, we're, 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 diversity was a very big deal. That's why of our three main characters, they are all either people of color or a woman. And they were like, oh, now now it's, it's a black stormtrooper. And it's a stormtrooper is now going to be a hero in the movie. And he's going to get the lightsaber. And I think it was like, he was like a scapegoat kind of thing to reveal like, oh no, it's Ray. Ray is special. And I think that you kind of lose a little bit of something with Finn with that, but not really. I think it's because in this, they I really, see what you're saying. they start presenting like, no, this is what Finn's character is about. He's a runner. He's always going to run mm-hmm. because he, he, he's always, he's afraid that he's afraid of losing. He's afraid of dying. He's afraid of really fighting for anything. And in this movie... He learns like, oh, well, actually, sometimes it's not about winning. It's about how you fight and how you choose to fight. And he always thinks, well, running is winning because I'm living, right? And by the end, he tries to sacrifice himself. And I think that's really interesting because he's just learned a lesson that's the complete opposite of the one that Poe has been learning the whole movie, which is like, you don't just sacrifice yourself to be the hero. You need to think about the bigger picture kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I like how... They're both learning these different points of view of how to fight. And like some people, that's another thing I feel like some people have a problem with in the movie where it's like, we've just been shoved down our throats. Like Poe's been told, like, you don't just sacrifice yourself for nothing. You need to like be a leader. You need to help. And then Mm -hmm. we see Finn try to do exactly just that and like Mm -hmm. sacrifice himself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but yeah, like they're, they've been doing two completely different stories just because they're in the same movie doesn't mean they're learning the same lessons. They're not even the same rooms together. And I think that's a really interesting idea that Ryan Johnson's dealing with. Again, the excessive to the left, the excessive to the right, the, you, you can sacrifice yourself for the greater good, or you can live to fight another day. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all and it's all parallel. Mark Kermode, the uh, critic, put it very well in his review of the Latch Eye. Oh, okay. All these all these three stories are like skipping stones, and they're all skipping parallel together in formation mm-hmm. in in the water. I like like, it. like <laughs> the um, you know the the stories they they tell and the uh, the lessons they learn are similar but different. 
but parallel. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And that's, I think that's fucking pretty neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I, not, I, that's I, something that like not a lot of blockbusters do. No. Because I think that's something that from a very story structural level it needs to be maintained from the story level on through filming and everything. And that's really something you can only get out of a writer-director. Yeah. And to have a writer-director who is such a good screenwriter and a very good director who can hold that all together is very rare. Especially if they're it's like, you know, a $250 million blockbuster. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a good time to take a quick break real quick. I think we've gone over uh, some pretty basic stuff on like the main gripes and everything like that that some Still people go have a little, little bit more into. We it. can go a little bit more into it. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about why this is uh, the greatest movie ever made. And the worst movie ever made. <laughs> and the worst movie ever made at the same time. You gotta find the balance. It's somewhere in between. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Welcome to another episode of It's Fitz, where Story Screen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons, speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. Now that's a classic. If you're talking about the recent Star Wars, not a big fan, but um, 4, 5, and 6, which surprisingly are from... The late 70s and early 80s are my, um, they're dope. Um, very nostalgic. Uh, Darth Vader is bad, but I've always loved Darth Vader. Han Solo was okay, even though he's probably my favorite. Luke's kind of lame. Leia's hot, and Chewbacca's cool. (laughs) But anyway, one, two, and three... I always thought Return of the Jedi was the best. Jabba the Hutt's gross, but like that shit was cool. They unfroze Hans. Um, yeah, Return of the Jedi is really awesome, but lately Empire Strikes Back might be better. I have to watch. It's the kind of thing you could watch once a year, maybe more. But yeah, and the whole freezing of Han Solo always fascinated me. That's weird, right? Nah, who cares? Star Wars, two thumbs up. I'm gonna be like, we're gonna do one more. gonna be like, I've always been fascinated with Han Solo being frozen. Does that make me gay? No. This has been another episode of It's Fits. For more on Star Wars from the Story Screen family, check out our limited series on the Overdrinkers podcast show covering all things Star Wars. And welcome back. So uh, during the break, we were kind of thinking about uh, talking about how we were going to go about uh, continuing this talk. The finer details. The finer details of it. And Brian had a uh, phenomenal idea. So Brian, why don't, why, don't, why don't you take it away? I think the biggest problem some people, especially like major Star Wars fans have with this movie is Luke Skywalker's character. And this, this, there's a, many different reasons why. <clears throat> one of the main ones is uh, the old EU, which is now Legends, not canon anymore. All the old books had Luke Skywalker redeeming his father, and then for the next 30 years, he just starts the New Jedi Order, start uh, like protects the Republic, and he's like the biggest savior hero 
ever. He makes the best Jedi Order of all time. All of his students and teachers are, like, really gifted Jedi. He has a son. Han Solo and Leia have two sons, uh, or have two kids. Uh, a girl and a boy who become, like, the next, like, Rey and Kylo. And in this Luke movie, has a son? Yeah. How, how, and his name is... How, how he do that? The Jedi no fuck. Uh, well... That's one of the things George Lucas put in the prequels that the Jedi can't fuck, but in the old EU, they uh, Luke threw that away. Was just like, oh, well, so people didn't have any problem with uh, no. Luke throwing away uh, uh, Jedi stuff in the EU? No, no, no. He well, yeah, because he reformed the Jedi Order. Huh? Come on, Jedi fuck Yoda fucks. I was gonna say, like, I'm always <laughs> Yoda, known, fucks. Yoda, Yoda fucks. Yoda fucks. <laughs> and you're telling me Mace Windu. Ain't getting down on oh, the action. Oh, he is. <laughs> Come on. One hundred percent. Come on. But anyway, in this movie, Luke is not seen as that. He's not seen as this amazing teacher. He's not seen as this amazing, powerful hero. I mean, he's really powerful in this movie. Uh, he's powerful enough to be able to completely disconnect himself from the thing that connects he's, all life. He's the most powerful Jedi ever, and that's very apparent in this movie, still. And But people just like wanted to see that in this movie. They, they wanted more like an adaptation they, of the EU thing that mm -hmm. they've only been ever been able to read. They wanted to see hopeful Luke... Who's there, like getting in the action, teaching Ray, and that's not what this movie was going for at mm -hmm. all. And I think it's more powerful to see our heroes fail and redeem themselves than just always being good and always never making a mistake mm -hmm. and always being the light. Yeah. And seeing Luke in this, like, well, I want to be this good guy, but like the Jedi have created all this dark side, uh, all these dark side people, and every time there's a new generation, the dark side rises and there's always chaos. And he thinks that the Jedi are the main reason this is happening. Yeah, yeah he kind of approaches it with kind of like this, like, like just but think about it, man. Like he kind of has this kind of approach to it where he's like, feel the force, like forget what everybody said to you about it, forget like dark side, light side feel it what does mm -hmm. it feel like and she's like oh it's all these extremes of different sides of like a seesaw kind of mm -hmm. thing and he's like and in between is the balance the thing that's holding everything together the thing that allows for not one side to become too much mm -hmm. and that's and that's the force that's the medium ground that we're trying to discuss here mm -hmm. so he really is just kind of just like like dude it's like the dark side doesn't even like exist. Man. Like, <laughs> it's like it's just dudes that wanted to do something else besides like what we wanted to do. <laughs> Very true. But the, what this movie seriously, was, what like, this movie was going for when we first see Luke and Ray right after the scene in The Force Awakens, her handing the lightsaber, he throws it right over his shoulder, and we're supposed to take uh, the perspective of Ray and being like, wait, well, how did Luke get here? Because we knew him as this, like, he, he was always the Jedi. He would have taken it at any time. But we're going through this journey with Rey to figure out, like, why he's like this. And yeah. why he's there. And why he's cut himself off from the Force. Which I think is a very interesting place to take a character like Luke Skywalker that we not only got to see grow up over the course of, like, six years in the original trilogy, but mm -hmm. now has really become a part of popular culture. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's Luke fucking Skywalker. That's the Jedi. And to have it to go like, well, no, what if Luke didn't learn all of his lessons by the end of Return of the Jedi? What if because he was dat Jedi, da Jedi, he the ended legend. up making one of the biggest fucking mistakes of his entire life 
and uh, pretty much like lost like his sister and best friend's son. And like, I like how Mark Hamill like says he's like, it's like I created Hitler, mm-hmm. like space Hitler. Like, mm-hmm. and he's like, how would that make you feel? Yeah. And it's like, he would make you feel fucking terrible, especially if you're like a whiny, emotional wreck <laughs> of a human being that like was in love with your sister, but then you found out that she's your sister. Uh, also, you're, he's responsible for the death of all the students that Kylo Ren killed because of of his uh, because mm-hmm. he couldn't act now is this supposed to be like the knights of ren thing i've heard like some people are a little pissed off about that oh yeah which people like are always pissed they off say about that there's the knights of ren which were like the dudes that were standing around him in a four second scene in force awakens yeah, yeah. those are upset the, by that yeah they're upset by that because they wanted them in this movie wanted them. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. i i, I or, understand or, that they're upset about not getting what they want yeah I, i'm just saying like we also know that that's what babies do <laughs> just saying I, I think they're gonna be a nine because jj abrams and they're gonna they, they have to be because they the, even mention it in this one too he says they didn't just kill all of them yeah he took a handful with them exactly they're, and if they the wanted to students. get if they wanted to get rid of the knights of ren they would have just made those the dudes that were protecting snoke right exactly. Exactly. That's and they would have just done that, but they didn't. So they got plans. They got plans. Um, I, obviously, I've always loved Luke Skywalker way before this movie, being a male <laughs> and a yeah. Star Wars fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a Batman fan as well. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's he's just not, there. He's, he's not the best written character of all time, but I just identify with him just because of his No, the best written journey. character of all time is R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> he swears like a sailor. But anyway, when I, when I saw this movie and I saw that Luke was in this place, I was immediately drawn to it because I felt like he was in a state of depression. Yeah. Because he, he's so disillusioned to all what he had before, what he has to do. And then when people come up to him like, no, you got you to gotta do this. You got to do this. And he's just like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't be what you need me to be. And as someone battling depression, like, I understood his viewpoint. I understood why he was doing that because he just didn't have the oomph to yeah. get out there. It's, it's like an interesting place to take Luke Skywalker of mm-hmm. all people. I, I I think like what they do with Han Solo's Harrison Ford in uh, Force Awakens is very similar too, where mm-hmm. they kind of they you think like oh he's Han Solo he helped defeat he the general. empire he's he was a general, general in the and Rebels. it's like nah he's just uh, that's what he is he's went back to his old ways chilling out with Chewie flying around whatever happened to Chewie's family from the holiday special <laughs> they're, she, they're Jeremy, actually they're actually that was. Wow, your oh. face when I said that. I'm, I'm so I... sorry. I was just joking around, man. <laughs> God. They're actually canon. He actually has I a know. kid and a wife. I know. And he just never goes to see them? I think after that one Christmas, like, it was such a mess that, you know, he doesn't really want to talk to them. It was a gigantic Porg empire descended upon <laughs> his family's home planet and ate his family. And that's why in this movie... He's got a chance for a little bit of uh Wait, if that's canon, does that mean Jefferson Airplane is canon? No, <laughs> no, the holiday special it's is not canon. canon. Okay. The holiday special is a very odd little thing, and we were talking about it today because we got Solo coming up right now, and, and Last Jedi just came out in December, and Jeremy pointed out, he's like, this is the first time that we've had, like, Star Wars movies come out this close since... A New Hope and the holiday special. So that doesn't make me 
very confident in Solo. <laughs> I don't want to judge Solo before it comes out, despite no, no, all no, no, the no. production uh, woes and the horror stories yeah, that I, I've heard. I've said, like, everybody involved with that movie is, like, fucking thumbs up from me. I'm like, I think that they're going to be able to pull this off. There's something about... Not even like the drama marketing behind it or anything like that. Just like watching the trailer and just going, hmm, getting a Rogue One vibe off of this. And I like Rogue One, but we, I, I think, I, have, we, have we talked about Rogue One that much where we've agreed like it hasn't aged well? Yeah, I, w- yeah. I was I was hoping for like a future podcast we talk about Solo and Rogue One. Together. I mean, that's the next logical step. Yeah, I mean, we're working our way down. I think at this point. Now it's been it, it will be Rogue One and then the the both the cappers are the only ones we haven't talked about Revenge and Return. Mm-hmm. We've pretty much done an episode on everything else, so we have tons of Star Wars to talk about. Oh, yeah. It's we're, okay. We're, so chill out, we're, dude. we're nowhere near done. Put the gun away. It's gonna be there's gonna be like 300 Star Wars movies after this one comes out. So oh, yeah, like, we're gonna oh, get yeah. a Star Wars movie every it's month. Never gonna end. Yeah. Uh, no, Grumpy Luke Skywalker. Totally the best way to go. It's interesting. Uh, they do that with Harrison Ford, and I, I, I'd imagine that, you know, Leia was going to be the only one that was, like, handled with, like, some moxie grace, because she really was the only one that, like, had her shit together in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And in this one. And in this one, yeah. Even when her son is, like, killing all her men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to put my two cents into Luke, like, it made sense to me how his character was portrayed, because, you know, 30 years yeah. have, have passed since Return of the Jedi, if... Ray came to Luke and he was the same person he was 30 years ago. Like, nobody is the same person they were 30 years ago. So that would have been less believable. Walt Disney is. Wow. <laughs> well, that's different because his brain is just in a jar. Yeah, true. And it's being kept alive by Disney. Isn't it his whole so. head? Is it? His whole head is I thought frozen. it was. I thought it was just his brain and just like a pair of eyes. Like RoboCop like, 2? Yeah. Kane? <laughs> or, Some horrifying or kinda, shit. Kind of like Krang in the Ninja Turtles. Ooh, put that brain inside something? Mm-hmm. Like Kane and RoboCop 2? Yeah. Cool. Put him, put him in one of the Pacific Rim Uprising uh, Jaegers. But that's not owned by Disney, so I think oh, that, true, I true, think true. that would be like denied. Did that movie come out? It yeah. did. Oh, Pacific Rim, he just snuck in there. Yeah. I didn't even know that movie dropped. Yeah, it did. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> the movie came out. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? Well, they were thinking that nobody cares about this movie in America, but China. Oh, yeah. I guess they're going to be doing just pretty fine. Yeah. That's I recently watched Ready Player One as well. And I was watching that and I was like, man, this movie is going to fucking kill it in China. Because there's a lot of really, as many references as there are to like things that I grew up with. There is like, they do a really good job of focusing on worldwide nostalgia and not just kind of like American nostalgia. They throw Gundams in there? Yeah, baby. Oh, you have no idea. There is some some stuff in there where I'm like, I didn't even know that the entire point of my life was to see that happen. And I just got to see it happen. It's great. That sounds great. It also Last Jedi. Last Jedi, yes. (laughs) I will say this too, because I didn't get to mention it on the Ready Player One podcast. The thing, without spoiling anything at all, because I don't want to do that. It has one of the greatest, uh, like nostalgic Easter egg, like, like quick revelation kind of things, like little like hidden thing of 
any movie ever of all isn't, time. Isn't every the... frame is so dense. Every frame is just so dense. It's so full. <laughs> That's Rick Berman. That's Rick Berman. And the new guy is Ram Bergman. Yeah. Is the new been, producer. He's been the producer of This is a fucking like... fake thing. Like, that's Rick Berman. Like, and he couldn't come up with a better... He had George Lucas come up with that fucking name. <laughs> Emilio no, Sleaze Baggio. Um... <laughs> I want to buy some death sticks. Uh, I don't know, what Darth Maul, uh, Darth, uh, I don't know, uh, Tyrant, Darth Tyrant. Was that too obvious? Darth Tyrannus, how about that? Yeah, Tyrannus. Yeah, funny. whatever. <laughs> right, what's the Rogue One guy's name? It's definitely not Fabio Sanchez. What oh. are you two calling him that? I don't know. Does, is that a character he plays in another movie? Is it? I don't fucking know, man. I don't know, it's just the first thing that came in my Well, Diego Luna, Diego I got Luna. him in my head. It's Diego Luna. I'm sorry that I don't know his name. Yeah, I'm surprised that Brian doesn't know I can get this before. Uh, uh, it's something like Calrissian. It's something mm, like it's it's like Calrissian. Can't, no, that's a, that's a planet. Canto bite. <laughs> no, that's a planet. Is it Yoda? Is his name Yoda? Yaddle? Yaddle. Yoda Sanchez. Yaddle. Oh, Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. There's a little Calrissian in there. Cassian. Fabio. Cass. I Cassio Candor? I forgot his name. I already fucking forgot it. What are you doing? What? Cassio Lando. Cassian Andor. Cassian and who? Cassian Andor. Cassian. Cassian, first name. Last name Andor. Andor what? Andor what? God damn it. What are the other names in this goddamn movie? Well, we got well, we got uh, Bodhi Rook. We oh, got Orson Krennic. Oh, that's the uh, that's the guy from the Night of Turret Imway, K two S O, and Galen Erso. And Galen Erso. And Darth fucking Vader. That that's a guy I know. Anakin. These are things I know. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck were we talking about? The Last Jedi. <laughs> right. Oh, the, yeah. We were on the subject of <laughs> Leia now, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, we can go to Leia. Uh, I was doing a really weird Ready Player One tangent, and then all of a sudden you were like, what the fuck is Diego Luna's name? And wrote, you came out of nowhere <laughs> with it, I think. Um, Mary but Poppins. yeah, Leia. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. That's uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, you want to talk about that scene? <laughs> yeah. What do you we guys talk think? about What do you guys think about that I scene? I thought that scene was great because we finally get to see Carrie Fisher, Leia, using the Force and it was to save herself, and it was a beautiful moment. Yep. It was shot beautifully. The hand frozen, mm-hmm. reach reaching out for life. I thought like it was like first when I first saw it, her getting blown out of the ship was such like my heart dropped. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, when people happened. were fucking nuts. Like I, I like I nuts. had my 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 hands like on my head. Like what is happening? Holy shit! This is like. Like you know, my head was like spinning. Like, oh my god, this is such a cold move by by Disney. I would not expect them to do such a thing. But then, of course, you know, she reaches her her hand out, mm-hmm. and then she pulls herself. She back. pulls herself through, like a true f- force user. Yeah, and like a true Skywalker. Like a true Skywalker. Yeah, they exactly. finally give her like a little moment. And it's good that they like you know because they obviously shot this before they knew about the passing. It's amazing, of Carrie that they Fisher. It's even like did that. very good that they didn't save this for episode nine when like because those all thing was supposed to be seven was Han, eight was Luke, nine was Leia. Mm-hmm. They were all supposed to get their movies, and I'm really happy that they didn't just save it for nine to give her like this kind of moment that they were able to give <laughs> Leia this like good moment of like they gave her two she's a Skywalker. Really, they gave her two really great moments. That, Using that, the force? No, 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 no. Just, oh, okay. like, just in general. Everything as, as, that she does in this movie is like, even when she's like laying in a coma, I'm like, cool. 
Yeah. Doing good now. She she knows how to lay in a coma. She does. She looked very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher knows. She she did some like, research. I bet if it was up to her, she would have had like her dog like cuddling with her. Definitely. In the, in the, in the yeah, coma. No, they she actually did have her dog on set with her cuddling oh. with her in the coma and they just removed it. CGI. <laughs> Ryan Johnson was like, put some crystals on it. <laughs> they took it while she was sleeping and I'm like, let's see can, can we see if like this will work? And they put some crystals on me like Carrie's not gonna like this. Get the crystals off the dog. <laughs> I didn't realize that was Carrie Fisher's daughter as that one girl. Who's oh, in, yeah. like, a lot yeah. of shots. What the heck's her name? Lieutenant something. Yeah. Lieutenant C something. Lieutenant Diego Luna. <laughs> Lieutenant Diego Luna. He's just Diego Billy Luna. Luna. I'm not calling him that stupid name. Cassian. Cassian, Cassian and or Diego Luna. Cassian. <laughs> Cassian who now? Cassian what? Which one? Uh, yeah, I, I agree 100% with the Leia thing. I think it's beautiful... Just right, important to do, looks fucking, again, beautiful and cool. And uh, I think that the main gripe that some people have with that one, which is something I can totally get behind and understand, it's uh, very cheesy. And some people, oh, that, it's, it's that's Star, not their type of cheese. Exactly. Wars, I know. I know. I get that. Some people aren't rational human beings. And um, they, <laughs> they could see Whoa. that and they go, oh, it's cheesy. It's a little over the top. I get it. And they just don't want to accept that. It's like, well, it's just there. Like it's, they're trying to emote. And, you know, some people like Munster. Some people want that Brie. And, and this was, this was, this was Swiss cheese. And they're just like, I don't like, I don't like that. That's not the kind of cheese that I want. That's not my type of cheese. And and in terms of like stinky cheese though, this is pretty low. Yeah. I wouldn't say the cheese is stinky. I I was, I was watching Return of the Jedi the other day on TV and it was in the beginning with, in the Jabba's barge. And then. On TV, like on cable? Yeah. And then, and and then, and then the, the, the band starts playing and it's the. Oh, good Christ. The CGI reshoots. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'll say say one thing. The the song is awesome. Just the, the scene is terrible. Mm-hmm. With all those guys, when he like, I was screams like, and his mouth this, is open, you see like the saliva like yeah, dripping down. Yeah. yeah, like I was like, this cheese is way stinkier. This is stinky cheese, yeah. Than, stinky cheese, than like Leia cheese flying think, through space. <laughs> I think um, Rogue One like conditioned a lot of people to like. I guess what I was trying to go for in, in its darker tone is that it's it's a Rogue One was a lot more of a of a serious like edgy. Like, um, yeah. you know, war, war movie and all the humor in the movie was more like ironic humor. Yeah. It wasn't like, like that. The whole thing with Gareth Edwards where like he really wanted it to be this kind of like military, like kind of Ocean's Eleven kind of heist movie. Yeah. yeah. And they ended up being like, no, li- lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. And, the re- and the then, they were, definitely and then that. that's the same thing that had with Miller and Lord where they were like, they wanted to make it like this kind of funny heist movie. And they were like, no, that's too funny. You got to be serious. Sincere it up, and then they got Ron Howard, who I really like, who I think is a great director. Um, he's a director, but he's a director that will definitely do what you tell him to do. Yeah, and you know he's also like uh, Jack was saying on the recently we were, I was talking to him and he was saying that uh, uh, in the heart of the sea or in the heart of the sea, it's like the Moby Dick movie that he made Cassie with Chris Hemsworth, with Chris Hemsworth and and uh, Ron Howard. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they not I Moby haven't, Dick. I haven't seen that one. Moby don't. Moby don't. 
Uh, but he did make that movie Rush, which is phenomenal. That is a great movie. That's a fucking Jeremy like brightened up as soon as I said it. Like, Rush, it's a really good Rush movie. Rush is really good, and that was only made a couple years ago. Like it's, Ron Howard still got it. M- much better Formula One movie than Driven. Yeah, and I'm hoping that he can bring that kind of <laughs> Formula One kind of stuff to Han Solo, which it seemed like for, for to Solo, which it kind of seems like there's a lot of racing going on in the movie. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Get it? Yeah, I get it. 12 parsecs. Better remember it. 13. I got it. Where'd he get the vest? <gasps> We're about to fucking find out. Yeah. Um, man, that movie is like next week. <laughs> right? Like that movie I, is like coming out very soon. It's, it's coming. Yeah. The Kessel Run. I didn't even realize that. That snuck right up. The Kessel, the Kessel Run is coming. The Kessel Run's coming on the spice mines of Kessel. Right. And he's going to beat it in less than 12 parsecs with mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon that he wins in a Cassian Andor game between Lando <laughs> Calrissian. You lost me. And <laughs> with the dice. Yeah. And then he's th- going to... He wins the Millennium Falcon. He gets Chewbacca out of jail. Yeah, and maybe. then... God, I hope they fucking go to Chewbacca's home planet in oh, Solo. Jesus. And I, it's like the holiday they... special. That's why they fired Lord and Miller. They wanted to do a holiday special scene. <laughs> and they were like, you can't do this. And they're like, you can't stop us. And they were like, yes, we can. We made the fucking Lego movie. We what are you going to do about it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Shall we hit the hyperdrive? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that Han and Chewie were in the Lego movie. Directed by Phil Lord and Chris Yeah, and, and, oh. and Lando. And Lando. They show up in the Millennium Falcon. That's right. Whoa. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Boy, oh, boy, guys. All right. Um, anyway, I, th- I think... Grumpy Luke, good. Uh, Wizard Leia, good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just it. That's the end of the argument. People can stop arguing yeah, about it now. Yeah. Like, that's we... I mean, because cool. most, most people agree that the Kylo and Rey stuff was cool. Yeah. I think that that stuff's I'd say cool. So. Uh, would is it? Are we led to believe that Snoke's connection that he created between oh, them is still existing? S- Snoke's that's like the another huge complaint. Oh, Snoke, yeah, absolutely. Let's, Why? I think we should talk I about think, Snoke. I th- I think that Kylo Ren and Rey got connected in the Force Awakens when Kylo Ren was like interrogating her. You remember in the Force Awakens, yeah, yeah. When she's t- tied up, and then she was able to like go into his mind and like read his mind and figure out how to do a mind trick uh-huh. and how to do all these force things without teaching because they were kind of like connected. Okay. And now in this movie, Snoke was just like, like amplified it a little bit. But now is that, is that amplification still there even no. though he's gone? Because it looks like they can still see each other. I think Ray closed it when he clo- when when she she clo- closed the door. Uh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Because that that's her just saying. I don't like, know if I, I buy this. Uh, when she connected with him, she learned how to do that stuff. I think that she knows about that stuff from like legends and everything. And it would be like if somebody like us who's seen Star Wars movies, somebody that looks like Han Solo just showed up and he's like, it's real. All of it. It actually happened. And you have some of that power in you. You'd be like, that means I can do that thing. Um, yeah, sure. Undo this. Sure. And, you, and she can't do it, but she's used to bartering with people all the time, and she's used to climbing and fighting and doing all this stuff, so she knows how to use like Everything that she's done growing up on um, Tatooine... Jakku. <coughs> Sorry, t- Jakku. Um, <laughs> Damn, I thought... No, 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 no that wasn't I, real. Uh, I, I knew he was joking. Um, you just snoked me. <laughs> all that stuff was like absolutely perfect to mm-hmm. like make her a Jedi. 
And she just knows about all these things because you see her like playing with the... It's the second movie, too, where they're playing with uh, toys mm-hmm. representing um, uh, like the, the original trilogy or stuff like that, which I really like. Uh, cause, and Oh, actually, in Rogue One, too, they have it, too, with mm-hmm. the little the Stormtrooper doll. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think that Kylo Ren, t- Kylo Ren and uh, Ray's thing is fucking fine. It's perfect. Like it's exactly what it, it wants it, to be. And it added a force power that was been in like video games, where like these two have like a force bond mm-hmm. where they can like communicate with each other, like feel their thoughts. And which this- are like the video game versions of being able to talk to people, and they tell you like this is the next mission that you need to. N- not not quite like that. More like a master apprentice bond thing. Okay. Where like the master and apprentice are more powerful while they're together. And it's, like, very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened in a game called Knights of the Old Republic 2. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of just, like, an excessive... It's it's a different version of, like, when Obi-Wan dies, he can talk to Luke all throughout the first movie. Before an Empire, when he actually appears to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he can talk to him. And because he's dead, he's one with the Force. He can use the Force to communicate, even though his body is gone. Mm-hmm. This is kind of just, like, two people that are alive that are both very powerful like i've seen this raw power only once before so these are supposed to be like two very powerful even though they are untrained jedi ben solo didn't finish his training mm-hmm. first off mm-hmm. and we don't know who the fuck snoke is so we don't know like what kind of training he was able to impart directly mm-hmm. doesn't really seem like he taught him anything oh yeah he taught him a lot my the mind control stuff and like uh is that like Sith stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, Snow, right. Snow, this is the first time like dark side powers have been shown to like like interrogate and to like invade the mind of someone else in like the movies. This we never saw in the original trilogy or the prequels. Like at oh, all. I guess that's true. I mean, I always just naturally assume like, well, the Emperor does it with Luke, and that's where I'm getting it from. Where he's like looking at Luke, and he's like, "You want this, don't yeah, you?" He like can, he, he can he can hear his his thoughts. Yeah, he can sure. sense his feelings and stuff like that, his intentions and everything. But this is much more invasive, and I guess yeah. I never thought about that. Especially that is, when like it is a big jump when when Snoke like pulls her out into like the middle of the the room and she starts great, screaming great she's shot, like yeah. he's taken all the information that she just learned about luke and his opinion of the jedi and he gets it easily and he just takes too. it right out yeah. of her and that's what he did to ben solo and that's how he got him to like turn so easily because he has like every like thought and action in the palm of his hand. very hands. neat yeah and the only way uh kylo ren was able to defeat snoke was because when ray got knocked out uh she he saw the the lightsaber like spinning Mm-hmm. There's like, wait a second, maybe I can like do that to him and get him. <laughs> and that's what happened. I like that a lot. How did you feel about the handling of, Sn- of Snoke himself? It's fine. Mm-hmm. I think any problem that I could have with it would be the idea that I wanted it to be something else. I um, guess. Really like the idea of who is Snoke. Uh, we were talking about it in the when we were watching the movie today. It's like you don't have to like if you want to talk about like who do you think Ray's parents are and do you uh, do, who's who's Snoke and it's like they don't really in the first movie. It's not really presented as like this gigantic mystery. It's like oh Ray doesn't know who her parents are. That's why she's got family issues. It's never mm-hmm. presented like she's going to find out. It's like just assumes because like oh yeah we'll probably find out Snoke even more so. It's never mentioned as a mystery. It's not presented as a mystery in any way who's Snoke. You're like, oh, shit, who's this guy? He's in charge. Huh. We'll learn about him. And we do. But I we think, don't need to learn everything about him. No. I think it was due to, like, you know, the conditioning of um, 
since it's a J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. people like to like to say that, you know, J.J. Abrams likes to surround his movies in mystery. Like, he had a whole friggin' TED Talk about this. So he so they applied that same kind of mystery box mm-hmm. thinking to The Force Awakens when maybe it, it, it didn't really need that. It didn't, it didn't, didn't no, need that. I, I think that uh, people that were dissatisfied with how Snoke was was handled and they were dissatisfied because we didn't get like a backstory on him he yeah. wasn't like he wasn't Which there's another out. movie well not not even just another movie like they could just do a book for that like the normal star wars fans that are going to see the movie they don't give a fuck about snoke nope they, they don't give a fuck <laughs> I, fi- I find him uh interesting uh andy circus is like phenomenalism as always yeah in any of this stuff I, I I think they build on his character enough from the first one to like make it be true to like what J.J. Abrams was doing with that character. Everything else is really just like it's me wanting something else that Ryan Johnson, who was put in charge, he's he's the boss. He gets to decide what actually happens. Any problems I can have with Snoke would honestly just be because I was like, oh, I guess I would have preferred something else. But honestly... This is like a really good idea, and he goes out and like one of the coolest moments in the movie. Yeah, you know, like the that Skywalker just like, lightsaber cuts him in half. Yeah, so there's another fun, no, another Sith Lord dead. Yeah, to the lightsaber. Well, I guess he's not a Sith Lord, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, and that's the whole thing too. He's not like a Sith Lord, right? He's just kind of like he's just like a nasty McBad guy. Yeah, no, and he's, he's just a dark side user. Right, he, and he's in touch with the dark side because that's one of the things the movie is talking about. Is it's not just Jedi and Sith who exactly. can do this. It's exactly. Anybody can if they have enough like uh, like bacteria in their blood, <laughs> enough midi chlorians. Yeah, if they got oh, enough midi chlorians in their blood. Um, yeah, Snoke I think is the one too that I think a lot of people drop the quickest. I think most people are more upset with Luke Skywalker than they are with Snoke. I think sure. Snoke they kind of just toss oh, yeah, it out sure. there as like it's stupid and because I'm stupid and so it's stupid and good. It's like people don't understand, like when you call something stupid, the people that you're talking to are going to either agree with you and say, yes, you're right, that is stupid, or they're going to disagree with you. And now all of a sudden that makes you stupid mm-hmm. to them and them stupid to you. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's stupid. So everything's and, stupid. And, and nobody it's wins. Luke Skywalker thinking is like, everything's fucking stupid, man. Like really, <laughs> if you think about it, like it's just like, I'm on this fucking island, but like, why? <laughs> Why would I come here to hide out? It's like the only place that's associated with Jedi's in like the galaxy. <laughs> it's the only place. Like it makes no fucking sense. It's fucking stupid, but you just go with it. Where's Han? Where's my green lightsaber? Ah. I, I was hoping it was an R2. Oh, that would have been pretty good. God great. damn it. That, that would have been pretty good. I really wanted that. Like, I, that was always my theory before. Hey, man, maybe it is an R2. That'd be cool. Because Again, we still have one more of these. Like, that's the yeah. whole thing at the end of the day. <laughs> Luke, Luke is going to be back. Luke will be back as a Force Ghost. He's Absolutely. just not going to physically be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the beginning of Episode Nine is going to be, like, on the top of that hill. Archie's going to come running in. Like, wait, 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 wait. I got... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I got something for you. But no, that doesn't make any sense. He probably left with Chewie. No, nah, we're gonna have some more fun. Uh, yeah, he's because he's on the uh, he's on the Millennium Falcon at the end. Right. He's in that that great shot, that great wide shot. Of yeah, everyone with everybody just chilling. The whole crew. The whole crew. The whole surviving crew. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> all twenty five of them. <laughs> um. Uh. 
Canto Bite we talked about, right? Oh, uh, yes, the 15-minute segment of the movie. Canto Bite? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's the second time around. Uh, I thought it seemed like a lot longer the first time I watched it. But no, it's, it's not really in the movie all that much. It's no. like... It's very quick. 15 minutes of screen time total mm-hmm. for that ginormous set that they... And we also, know. like... Uh, Watching it this time, the movie is over two and a half hours long. Mm -hmm. And really, like, I don't really feel that while watching it. I only feel it when I'm like, is this, are we like, like I look at the clock. Because I can't tell how much more of the movie's left because it's constantly going. It's constantly doing stuff. And I'm like, I know they're about to get to the salt planet, but like, how long are they on the salt planet? Mm -hmm. And it's like a good... 20 minutes like extra yeah. at the end yeah they're on the salt planet i think the movie is just i'm trying planet. to say like it's very long but i don't think you feel it too often because i think it's kind of tight and it flows i felt i felt it the first time okay like, like i felt like it was gonna wrap up pretty soon and then they get to the salt planet and i'm like oh wow there's a lot more movie left. oh that's true that actually happened with me too the first time i saw it because i i forgot about the salt planet mm-hmm. and you're like oh wait there's that red thing that red stuff from the from the trailer, they haven't even gotten to that yet. What's uh what's uh oh they're going there now? <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, because the climax is like right when the lightsaber breaks between uh, Kylo and Ray, the ship gets uh, light speed. That would have been like any other movie, that would have been a hell of a place to end. Yeah. But no, nah, I kept going. And, it has uh, like two climaxes, because then when Kylo Ren and Luke fight, that's the second one where it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he says he's the last Jedi and For stuff. For sure, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I, a lot of people say the Canto Bite scene is pointless. I don't think it's pointless. It it, it's, it builds... It's literally not pointless. It's I not, mean... They're there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess you you could argue that it's the whole... It's just it. Like, it, I've heard people say it's pointless. I'm like, no, they're there to do this. And they're like, yeah, but that doesn't matter. I'm like, that's not what pointless means. <laughs> that means it ends up not mattering. Pointless would be like, why are they there? I don't know. They haven't talked about why they're there, and then they don't do anything, and then they leave. That's pointless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This they're, I mean, they're there to get a Benicio del Toro. You could you could argue that um, the this the whole horse stampede thing had like some prequel vibes. I'd say more it. Harry Potter than prequel. Sure. And I'm not opposed to that. I'm not really opposed to it but I could it's I could over see quick that. and it looks fun that's an mm-hmm. argument that I can yeah. it doesn't could, it, it doesn't uh, it's like, all like CGI cars mm-hmm. and like things and like th- I hate seeing people riding things that aren't real cause you can just see like there are actors that are on like a thing that's not like the thing that they're riding <laughs> like you it takes you out um but yeah, it's over. But yeah, it's it's quick. fine. I'm I'm fine with and that. And then and you know it leads to the you know the 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 failures that Rose and Finn face, and it brings up that very interesting theme, of of uh, you know it it adds to the theme of like there isn't really a, a light side and dark side, but a balance. Mm-hmm. But the whole like the whole the warmongers ship, and um, them building that that or him selling the uh, the ships from both sides. And that the whole point that Benicio del Toro was trying to make there, I thought that was that's, that was really interesting, and that's not really something. That's, Again, he's that's another never come up in the Star Wars movie. No, yeah, no, and that's never. another that's another example of the classic like light side, like the good guys, bad guys. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter, man. Like it's somewhere in the middle, you know. And that's again, like it's another, it's another interpretation of that in the Star Wars universe, where now they're looking at the war 
in the Star Wars and how that is funded and how like we've seen people use money and we've seen this war has gone on for like three generations. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of cost has that come at? And this, they're able to really deal with it in a very simplistic, natural way. It doesn't feel too heavy. It doesn't feel too like gloaty or like preachy where it's just like capitalism is bad and warmongering is terrible. It's like, no, this is like a thing. Some and people, it does it does feel that way, which I just don't understand. I don't think, like, I really don't think that they spend enough emotional time on it for you to think that they're really trying to push some kind of an agenda. Totally agree. No, they're just like, no. no, this is like a fact. Like, it's like people are like, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's got like a vegetarian agenda, which I'm like, say those words out loud a couple times. <laughs> Stop it. But it's like, no, it's just like a joke. And like. And they've got an animal rights agenda. And it's like, uh, yeah, because, uh, like, animals are, like, cute. And <laughs> don't you think that those things that they're riding are kind of cute? Like, you have to say yes because they were act- they were made by people whose job it is to create cute creatures. Mm-hmm. And they're good at their job. They're mm-hmm. good at their job. And you're supposed to be like, oh, man, I wish that they weren't getting hurt. Like, if you don't look at – if you look at that and you go, animal rights agenda bullshit – it's like, oh, you're kind of a nasty person. Like, mm-hmm. those are like sweet little animals that they're hurting. They're electrocuting them. They're scratching them. They're not feeding them right. Mm-hmm. They deserve to get out of there. For and sure. if you don't believe it, they, like, they got, they got some I don't ni- want to be your friends. They got some nice Force-sensitive boys working on them, though. Yeah. Some nice Force-sensitive <laughs> boys that. working on them. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the biggest themes of all. Like, you know, the Force doesn't belong to to really like anybody it doesn't belong to the Skywalkers. Yeah. You know, Ray doesn't have to be a Kenobi. No. To be special. Definitely not. We think she's special because she's a good character. Yeah. And if you don't think she's a good character, like dude, the movie's not for you. Like that's mm-hmm. that's I, the reality of it. Yeah. Uh, Jason Statham's character in Crank. I think that guy's a great character. <laughs> Jeff Chelios. Yes, Jeff Chelios is a fucking phenomenal He's the character. Fucking man. Uh, not everybody likes. Jeff Chelios. Some people don't like Crank. No, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Totally fine. You don't have to like Crank. That is a specific movie for a specific type of person. Nobody in even the movie Crank likes Jeff Chelios. Exactly. He's a dick. <laughs> He's like the Luke Skywalker of the Crank uh, multiverse. If you'd like. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you can look at a movie like Crank and you can go like, oh, yeah, this is a movie for a very specific demographic of people. Yeah. And Star Wars is supposed to be a movie, especially now that it's owned by Disney. It's supposed to be a movie that, uh, uh, like, can entertain and be attract, uh, be like, attracting to the most amount of people, the most diverse group of people possible. Mm-hmm. You know, they're at least trying, and they're to trying do. to do that. And I think that it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. <laughs> but they're they're trying to be inclusive. And diverse and tell a different story. And that's the thing about inclusion and diversity and representation in movies is so cool because we get to see shit that we haven't seen before in movies. Mm -hmm. Black Panther is just a really good movie, but it's fucking nuts getting to see that and going like, I've never fucking seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. You know, Blade is like the closest thing to it. And even Blade was kind of like, there's like one black guy in Blade. Yeah. Everybody else is Steven Dorff. Or uh, <laughs> Chris Christopherson, okay? Everyone else. Um, it's true. And, uh, you know, or Blank Man and Meteor Man, which are more like black family-friendly superhero movies. Or fucking Steel. Steel, yeah. <laughs> um, or even like uh, like Mike with Bow Wow. Um, 
it's just really fucking fun, man. And it's like I watch a movie like I watch a movie like Annihilation, uh, all female cast, and I go, "This is cool because I'm not used to seeing this." Like, right. Annihilation has a very like the thing kind of feel to it, but in the thing, there are no girls allowed. Yep. And I don't think there was even like any crew member that was a woman. There are no the women in in the thing. Right. Um, which is fine because the, the whole thing. In some in some like fun ways is like the movie the thing is really dealing with like male ego absolutely. and like trust totally. issues and stuff like, absolutely yeah and I think totally that's a very important that's it. why I really like uh, have you guys seen the 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 the, the prequel sequel one no. No. it's pretty fucking neat okay uh, if you're a fan of the thing like if you're a big fan of the thing you've seen it a couple times you dig it mm-hmm. you'll like see things in it where you're like, oh, this is pretty neat. And it's got What's-Her-Face, who I'm in love with, uh, from Scott Pilgrim and Tank Cloverfield Lane. Mary Winstead. Yep. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. And then it's also got the dude that played Jim Carrey's character from Dumb and Dumber in, like, the prequel. Oh. There was a prequel to Dumb and Dumber? Uh, Dumb and Dumber-er. I thought that was When Harry Met Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Which is a play on When Harry Met Sally, which was a movie starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. That had the scene where Meg Ryan fakes an orgasm I do in a diner, that. and then the girl says, "I'll have what she's having." That's correct. I and remember. now everybody says that it was the original. That's what she said. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that completely threw me off, dude. When Luke Sky, <laughs> allow me to get you right back on. When Luke drinks that fucking milk, oh my god, the look on his face. Is I just applauded the, the, the like the, the <laughs> satisfaction of the thirstiest. Of thirsts, the quenching of it. He's he deserves what he just did there, and the amount and he of shows the amount of fucking effort they put in for that scene. Like I'm referring back to that documentary. Yeah, you were saying please, that. Yeah, please, please watch that documentary. It's really great. It's called The Director and the Jedi. But they actually helicoptered this 20 foot tall space cow animatronic puppet <laughs> onto this island in Ireland and placed it on. The side of this Two mountain. Of Two of them. Jesus. And it's just for the scene where where this scene could have very easily been, been cut from the from the final I've, movie. Honestly, yeah, like after I think the production costs. This is the scene that really ties everything together. Yeah. <laughs> where Luke just takes a big ass, like like very like vindictive swig oh, yeah. of this of mm-hmm. this. Unpasteurized, <laughs> straight from the what are they called? The sol- the Thalos sirens. Yeah, the Thalos sirens. They're called Thalos sirens. Thalos sirens teat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just the amount. It's just that's cinema right there. <laughs> Honest to God, that that is going to like teach some fucking kids some stuff. Like if you want, like that that will teach some kids. Like if you want to put the effort into it, like fucking go for it. Yeah, we're adults, <laughs> so we understand like what boobs are. Like not oh, not that's as like not a fetish was, kind of. Oh, that's I, not what oh, I was. Oh, this saying. is. Oh, this is gonna teach some kids some shit where they're gonna go. What um? What are mom? <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's what? What is Luke doing? What are those? Jesus Christ! They're going. That's. I mean, kids know about like cow udders, though. I don't think it's that much. No, I don't think. I don't think like your random like three year old understands a cow udder, and they're gonna sit down and watch this Star Wars. I don't think a random three year old would understand the themes of this movie. No, not the themes, but they're gonna (laughs) understand like the green stuff came out of that thing. Oh yeah, and then he drank it. What is that? What? <laughs> yeah, I don't. How many years ago? Three years ago? <laughs> Good uh, lord! 
Oh, man. Remember Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru? Oh. Mm. They're still crispy. <laughs> Very crispy. Staying crispy. Uh, what else we got here? We got something else that we want to... Uh, well, I mean, this um, has been pretty... I mean, we can talk about, like, the ending of the movie and, like, where it's going from here. I mean, obviously, yeah, they're, they're doing... They're setting up where, like, I think there's supposed to be a very big break in between. They better fucking do it. They have to, right? They have to do it, and they better, like, either make a TV show or something. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible that uh, Ryan Johnson's whole thing could, like, take the events of, like, you know, the the kid on Canto Bite and stuff like that and could, like, go somewhere with that on his own. They could. And then they could just do Nine as, like... Ray and all them just doing their own thing. Like, they planted the seeds at one point and it would connect the universes in some small way. I guess. I mean, it's not like fucking Luke Skywalker himself showed up. It's Rose. The fucking diversity agenda character <laughs> gave you a ring. You know? I don't think it's... Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm super excited to see what J.J. Abrams is going to do with it. Even though if you had told me that I would be excited for a J.J. Abrams Star Wars movie before Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie came out, I probably would have told you you were crazy. But I'd rather take a J.J. Abrams Star Wars movie than a Colin Trevorrow oh, movie. Oh, 100%. Jesus. I don't need anything from that 50%. little monster. Have you seen The Book of Henry? No, but I've heard very delicious things about that. <laughs> Holy crap! That that's a three-hour podcast right there. Oh, about okay, the cool. Henry. That sounds good. That sounds <laughs> but, very good. But be that as it may, um, you know we've been kind of like not dunking, but we've been like analyzing other people's opinions on what they what like the negative stuff about this. Movie. Yeah, and this movie isn't perfect, but you know if you're listening to this. And if you still didn't like the movie, like that's that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. I I think it's totally fine. Yeah. I just I just I just don't like when Star Wars fans are like, oh, I didn't like this movie. Now Star Wars is destroyed. That's yeah. that's, that's very... wanna, they don't want to talk about. That's it. a little. Uh, I, I don't even know the word for it. But immature. It's just, it, well, not it, not just pretentious. Immat- just like this isn't this isn't yours. No. It's this entitled. Old- yeah, it's, it's entitlement. entitlement. It's entitlement. It's when somebody exactly. says, like, that character doesn't have a dick and doesn't have the same pigmentation of skin as me. What the fuck is this bullshit? You're like, <laughs> dude, you need to pull your head out of your fucking ass, man. Like, it's it's a human being up there. You don't have to judge them based on their gender and their race and stuff. You can just go, like, I don't think Rose is a very well-written character. And you're not completely wrong. I don't think she's supposed to be a very fleshed-out character. I think she's supposed to be a... Uh, a thing that we can attach ourselves onto as people who, yeah, as people who are not special, who are not part of this universe, who have not been fighting alongside with our heroes. And now we're being invited to go along for the journey. And maybe we have something to teach them. Like that's all it really is. Mm -hmm. And again, like at the end of the day, it's like, if you don't like it, that's fine. I had things that I didn't like about the last Jedi. The first two times I saw them, Almost all of them got swept away this third time I watched it. I had, Same here. I had some problems with the pacing. I had some problems with uh, some of the editing choices, like of uh, cutting from one thing to the next, where I'm like, mm, maybe could have swapped that, give me some time. Uh, all of them were really just kind of like post-production structural that I had a problem with. All of that went away this time. No, yeah, same for me. It's kind of got this instant classicness to it where you're just like, I'm in for the ride. I'm in for two and a half hours, and I know how the time feels in it now. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, like kind of the way that Empire Strikes Back can just wash over you now that you've seen it like 20 times. Like Mm -hmm. it just, 
it just goes right it's by. a cool drink it's just, and you're just like ah yes and you don't even have to pay attention to it you can like walk out of the room and come back and you're like oh i know what happened in between here because i've mm-hmm. seen it so much i'm already getting that feeling with the last jedi only after the third time watching it mm-hmm. and i think that that is evidence of like a movie connecting with me doesn't mean it's a great movie that's in no way evidence that it's a good great movie it's evidence that like it, it's working with me. What Ryan Johnson wanted to do, what he intended to do, it's working with me. It's clicking. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm down with it. And not everybody has to be. And I think that that's the first thing like that Ryan Johnson discovered when these reviews and stuff were coming out and people were being a little, a little icky mm-hmm. about it. I think he was Just, like, well, I guess at the end of the day, there wasn't any version of this where I was going to make everybody happy. No way. So he just kind of did the thing that he really wanted to do, and he did it well, and it's something that he's proud of. So even everybody else that doesn't agree with it, I think it's, he's really not letting it get to him. He yeah, should like He's, 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 he's doing this like What a, a professional. He's a professional. Because, like, uh, when the prequels came out, all all the same people were like, oh, George Lucas ruined my childhood. And now people are saying that to Ryan Johnson, and I'm just like, why are you doing this? This is this is not what... You're, you're, you're putting too much importance on something you don't like and i feel like i feel like it's just so draining Mm -hmm. to anyone to just keep hating on things constantly Mm -hmm. and i don't know i i i've i've seen so much bad star wars stuff that like this is not even close to the realm of bad Star Wars oh yeah stuff. especially you as somebody who's like journeyed into the extended universe yeah. quite deep so deep so deep and like it's like yeah i've seen i have seen shit and like some of, I used to be a part of like the Star Wars fan club where it's like you would get the, uh, like this was like OG shit. You would get like a like plastic Darth Vader like briefcase that had all these different cards of different characters and stuff like that. Wow. And you would get a new book every month that was like, you know, 150 little like scholastic story. And they were just like all of these stories that would just go beyond Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. There are some fucked up shit in those books where you're just like what are you doing what there's like a c-3po's like brother (laughs) like not not like another protocol droid it's specifically c-3po's like brother (laughs) and you're like i don't understand what's going on and i'm like seven years old sitting in my room going i don't understand so so there's 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 like this was probably from the original trilogy, but there was this uh, extended universe book that was made. I only think it was a book. Maybe it was like a comic book or something. But like when the droids come out of the Sandcrawler in A New Hope for Luke to buy them, he goes for the red droid first, mm-hmm. the, the R5 droid. And the R5 droid like busts and then he chooses R2. But there's a story about that R5 droid and how he's a force sensitive droid <laughs> that can talk. <laughs> And I was, and people love this character. Really? And I'm just like, oh, this is pretty bad. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Or, or, or like, or the Yusong Vong. Do you know about the Yusong Vong, Mike? Yusong Vong? Yeah. Do we, no. What's, okay, so. What's don't look Vong? at me. <laughs> so, so the Yusong Vong are, the best way to describe them is they're Star Trek villains in a Star Wars universe. So the empire, the emperor created the Death Star because he knew the Yusong Vong was coming, and the Yusong Vong are both. Well, are they like Borg? You're talking about kind of like Borg. They're not. They're they're organic. All their ships are organic, and they're oh, completely... like uh, species one one four three eight kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're completely immune to the Force. They're immune uh, to all blasters. 
They can't be killed with the force. Mm-hmm. They can't be lifted. Okay. They're com- they completely shut down the whole lore of Star Wars just to do just to it, have this the story. It sounds like when you're like playing in like a schoolyard with your friends and that one kid's like, No, I have a special force field around mm-hmm. that 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 <laughs> I can't I can't. No, I'm Superman. You I, can't hurt me. You can't yeah. hurt me, Brett. We I, said you can't be Superman. It's not fair. You have to. You can't be Wonder Woman's husband. You need it. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Um, yeah, no. There's definitely some really wild, wild little shit. Like that's pretty fucking nuts that you would just completely tear that down to be able to tell like this, one little story. It's not one. It's not. Oh, are you talking about the droid or the Usung Vong? The Usung Vong was a whole arc. Where they, they, they invaded uh, the galaxy and the whole war was like 20 years long. It was the Second Galactic War or something like that. Jeez, that sounds and boring. It, some of it's good, but like the whole... Uh, no, being, but like being, Star Wars where it's like lightsabers and stuff don't work. Where I'm yeah, just like, well, where the force doesn't work. Like they're just completely immune to it. It's, it's essentially Iron Man 3-ing uh, the, the, Star Wars. The, the it's like, it doesn't the, have his suits. The only reason that I think they put the Yusong Vong in there is because uh, Luke and the other Jedi just got way too OP. Yeah. They were just, they couldn't be defeated by any Sith Lord that, that, that Vader was hiding for years or whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, well, we have to put these Star Trek villains in to try to like, I mean, that's like a spice re- it up a little bit. That's a really good way. Like in Ryan Johnson and the last Jedi by making, uh, the conflict that Luke has to handle, uh, internal as opposed to external, which were like, he's Luke Skywalker. Like, we don't think that he's going to get killed. I think he can handle this he's a hero i think making it an internal struggle makes it more interesting makes it oh, yeah. more that's like there's more at stake it's it's not just our uh it's not just our hero's life that's at stake it's his legacy it's everything that we've ever come to believe him to be to protect mm-hmm. it's and it's i think way that, more interesting and i think that ends perfectly with his force projection with kylo ren mm-hmm. because he he does the most jedi thing possible he mm-hmm. fights them in the most passive way he possibly can by not killing anyone, but he still has a victory against the dark side. Absolutely. 100%. And I, I think it's, I was just like, yes, in the beginning, Luke's grumpy and he's a dick, but by the end, he's Luke Skywalker we, we always know. Yeah, he doesn't have to be cool the whole time. It actually makes it cooler when we see him become cool. Yeah. When we're used to him being a grumpy little whiny bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and now his, 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 his uh, story is now... The jumping off point for the rest of the saga. Absolutely. His sacrifice allowed for a new generation of Jedi to come forward. And he's not, you know, uh, like privileged and pretentious enough to actually believe that the only way that that could work is if he helped. Exactly. He's already seen what happens when he helps. Mm-hmm. And he knows that Rey is better at this than he is. And mm-hmm. that he, and that she can, she can push this, uh, this like diversity agenda and and really like push this out there. Yeah. I, I think I think Ray's arc in nine is gonna be leader leadership. Yeah. And I mean I, and I think Finn and Poe are great teachers to teach her that. After yeah. what they learn in this After movie. what they learn then they can they can be like these very good like number ones mm-hmm. to her as like a kind of captain doing Star Trek metaphors. As uh, as well as the other force ghosts that are no doubt probably gonna show up. Oh yeah, we're gonna get Yoda we're gonna get uh, Hayden Christensen. Maybe. Hayden Christensen. We're getting <laughs> oh, Yaddle. Yeah. Fingers crossed on Yaddle, baby. Uh, <laughs> God damn, Yaddle, come on. Um, Yaddle. We'll probably so get dead. the uh, we'll get the uh, the guy from Rogue One, the blind guy, Ip Man. Turret. We'll get him in there. Uh, 
Get a little uh, Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And the Obi-Wan movie is not happening, guys. Yeah, it's it is. Just, Shut up. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're letting him get older. That's all they're doing. No. They're waiting for him it's to not, get older. It's not going to happen. The last movie came out like five, like uh, 15 years ago. Like you have to let him get a little age in there. All right? <laughs> you can make Ewan McGregor look 80. And it would they don't want good. to make him look 80. They want it to be natural. Because they're going for a real... Because Stanley Kubrick is directing the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. <laughs> he's so writing, they not only he's are waiting, writing and directing it. The force mm-hmm. ghost of Stanley Kubrick? No, is... like they're going to revitalize him. They're going to bring him back. Oh, like Walt Disney? Like they have his brain in a jar? Walt Disney's already brought back. I've told you about... Like I'm convinced Walt right. Disney's already back. Right. And that's why he's just like, release the hounds! And like they're buying everything. Because they're just like, we're going to own everything. Nah, I bet no. Spielberg owns Kubrick's brain. They gotta buy it from him. Like they have, like he has to. You don't think Disney owns Spielberg? (laughs) Come on, buddy. It's Spielberg's the kind of guy who's like, I've got Amblin and Entertainment, and I I make a bunch of really great movies, and you know, so I can make whatever I want. And then it's like like Walt Disney's head like slams him down to the ground, General Huck style, and like <laughs> slides him up, like dangling him from one. And like, you think you have power over me, Spielberg? <laughs> That's what it is. I mean, it. There will come a time. Snoke where... is Walt Disney. Yeah, <gasps> that's the answer. Oh Holy my god! Shit! You heard it here first. And is Kylo Ren like Michael Eisner or something? Is that? <laughs> no, that's uh, he's played by Adam Driver. He's an actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, my bad. guys, uh, my thank bad. you guys so much for joining me for another episode. Uh, this has been great. Yeah, yeah, I really feel this time. was like a healthy. I needed this. Cathartic. Cathartic kind of thing. and uh, It's going to be a battle long wage. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure like we've still got plenty more to talk about The Last Jedi, especially in coming, like I feel like, talking about Solo and the culture of Star Wars and Solo is being released right now is going to be... This is not the last time we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi and the things that it did to Star Wars culture. Mm-mm. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm hopeful for Solo. And so I think that'll probably be like the next time we come on back, we'll uh, we'll have at least seen Solo, mm-hmm. and we can discuss it. Might be the main point of a uh, topic of conversation, but we will see. But again, Jeremy Bryan, thank you so much for joining me. You Th- two lovely, lovely Star Wars nerds that I love talking talking that Star Wars. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you. I love yeah. it. This was a lot of fun. And for all you listeners out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to go back to other Overdrinker Star Wars episodes. You can find them all throughout our catalog on SoundCloud, iTunes, even on our website, SolGoodStoryScreenBeacon.com. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram at Story underscore Screen underscore Beacon. You have that down with the underscores. Jack yeah. had some problems with that. I've done it enough now where I'm like, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Uh, also, you can check out our store at our website, buy a t-shirt. We're going to be uploading some new stuff. We got some stickers, keychains, tote bags, uh, some really cool stuff coming on the way so you guys can uh, support us and help us uh, keep this bad boy going. Uh, we're doing very well. In case people didn't know, the podcast is doing very well. Not to, you know, yeah, it's just, I'm very proud of it. And, you know, it's uh, oh, I, it's not even just me. It. It's not even just me. Oh. Huh, it's me. It's, it's just like me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is that supposed to be Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beat um, that chest. And so we will see you next time. You you will hear us next time. Yeah, yeah. On Story Screen presents Overdrinkers Star Wars Nerd <laughs> Corner. 
Ah, yeah. Talk about the lightsaber. Not my childhood. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Bye bye. He shoot RoboCop up. He shoots RoboCop. Yeah, he's one of the guys that. Yeah. Uh, he blows his he brain out. Blows his hands up and Cops don't like me, so I don't like cops. Bitches leave. That's one of the best. Tigers playing tonight. I never miss a game. <laughs>